It's time to go behind the curtain of the director role and have honest discussions with leaders in the campus recreation industry. In this episode, host Grady Sheffield, the director of campus recreation at Towson University and the senior advisor to the Campus Rec Mastermind Groups, gives you, the listener, real and authentic conversation between himself and special guest, Marcus Jackson, the director of campus recreation at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Jackson has been in higher ed for quite some time, but not all of it has been spent in campus recreation. He and Sheffield discuss this and the takeaways that have come from outside the industry experience. Further on in the conversation, Jackson shares on the team at Illinois and what makes them stand out. He also pulls back the curtain on imposter syndrome, owning your vulnerability as a leader, and what makes him thrive in his role as the director of campus recreation. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Director Download. Once again, I'm your host, Grady Sheffield, and today I'm joined by Marcus Jackson, who is the Director of Campus Recreation at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Welcome, Marcus. How are you? Doing all right. How about you, Grady? Oh, I'm great. Happy happy to be here with you. Um, So, Marcus, let's just start right off um, letting everybody know kind of a little bit about you and University of Illinois. How long have you been the director at Illinois? I have been in this role since August of 2017. So uh, I'm coming up on the completion of six, I think. Right. Six years. Awesome. And how many students are at Illinois? This is the big, big Illinois, right? It is. Yes, sir. Uh, so we're part of a system with the uh, University of Illinois, Chicago and the University of Illinois, Springfield. Um, I want to say our student body is probably around 40,000 or so. Uh, okay, so so big school, big school. Yes, sir. And, and how many staff members are on your team? Uh, on our individual recreation staff team, uh, including our uh, uh, trades positions and uh, BSW staff, uh, uh-huh. I would say we're at about... 55 to 56. Yeah. Wow. Large team. That's a big mm-hmm. team. Awesome. Awesome. So Marcus, you graduated from undergrad at the university of Cal Berkeley. Um, I'm going to date you a little bit in, in the early nineties, right? Yeah. Very. Uh, uh, I was, I was really young. Uh, so <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. 994. Yeah. Yeah. 94. And you, um, you participated in track and field uh, as an athlete, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. So then you went to grad school at Eastern Michigan, mm-hmm. right? So how did you get involved in campus recreation as um, a university athlete, a collegiate athlete, and then going to grad school at Eastern Michigan? And I'm making an assumption that you went there for for uh, in rec, but maybe not. So So tell us about that. Sure. Uh, So uh, again, as you mentioned, I did uh, track and field at uh, University of California, Berkeley uh, during my time there. Uh, What did you do? Oh, I'm sorry. I did the uh, open 400, uh, the 800 and the mile relay. Oh, okay. So runner. Nice. So yeah, middle distance. uh, Yeah. uh, During that time, the athletics department and the recreation department were actually merged. Uh, And this is a model that uh, that specific university has had had gone kind of back and forth a few times, Mm -hmm. uh, even after I've left. Uh, So um, with that structure, 
you, you were always sort of around, you know, uh, I guess both sides of that fence, if you if you look at it that way. And um, we uh, during that time there also, I uh, would work to try to make, you know, a little extra money. Uh, this is before all the name image likeness stuff. So, yeah, uh, you, know, you kind of <laughs> had to uh, uh, get by, do what you had to do to get by. But um, I worked in event management actually first. And the event management unit there was responsible for both setting up uh, and, you know, administering uh, the athletic events. Uh, and then also, you know, you'd come down and you'd uh, set up things for the uh, recreation. So I yeah. uh, got exposed to both sides uh, at that point in time. And uh, the. So you're uh, getting your hands dirty. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes going from 6 a.m. in the morning to 12 at night. But yeah. had a lot of fun. Uh, worked with some guys that are actually still uh, in the field in various uh, positions. One at USC and the other is at Berkeley now as a, a senior associate, I think, athletic director. So um, doing that, the director at that time, uh, a guy by the name of Michael Sawyers, uh, had, uh, you know, found out he had this uh, person who was fascinated by the field uh, and me, you know, I'm thinking this mm. opened up a whole new door to me that I hadn't thought about before and uh, really sort of took me under his wing. Uh, and uh, he, along with uh, another guy, and hopefully I'm not name dropping too much, but uh, John right. Giacomi. Uh, they actually really uh, gave me some exposure to different aspects of the recreation side of things. So right. intramurals, club sports, that sort of thing. And uh, when, you know, I made clear that, yeah, you know, you know this is a, the, the field for me, uh, there was actually um, a bit of a pipeline, if you will, uh, between Eastern Michigan University and uh, UC Berkeley. Uh, with Michael, my boss had worked there years before and he had sent a few other folks back and forth. And so, um, you know, I was fortunate uh, to be introduced to those folks at Eastern uh, and, you know, they took a chance on me and uh, I went out to Ypsilanti sight unseen, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't know how to pronounce it. And, uh, and, and and the first morning I woke up, I remember hearing cicadas and thinking, I don't know, what, oh. what the heck is that? Is that? You know, I don't know, an electric wire that's about to come down and hit the house. So yeah. uh, that was an interesting experience. So wait, you had your first experience with cicadas. I'm assuming they were all over the place. It was a, a cicada summer. Yes. Yes, it yeah. was. I just woke up to the buzzing and yeah. I thought I was in a horror movie, man. <laughs> so the million dollar question that everyone wants to know is, did you eat one? No. Absolutely not. And uh, maybe I'm yeah. today years old learning. Yeah, man. Yeah, you can eat cicadas, right? Chocolate covered cicadas. Yeah, uh, it's a delicacy. Kinda, sounds kind of shady to me, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to the people that know better. All right. There may be others out there who are, who have a look on their face of like, what is he talking about? So we'll move on. So what do you do? Um, what was your role in grad school at Eastern Michigan? Um, as a grad assistant, at that time, Eastern took a very, very limited number of grads. I think I was the only one. And then my second year, they actually had a guy who came in and helped with IT. Um, and mm. so the benefit of that at that point was that you got exposure in different areas. And I think that that's part of what made it, you know, the perfect fit for me is, you know, coming in and not having had the experience of being an intramural referee or any of those sorts of things, uh, really being able to get my feet wet in different aspects of the field. Uh, so, you know, I initially started out in intramurals and then uh, the second uh, second year I did more facilities and guest services uh, types of things. So, 
Yeah. So you got your hands, hands in everything. Absolutely. So what happened next after grad school? After grad school, um, I got my first professional position at Oakland University there in Rochester Hills, uh, Michigan. Uh, they were opening a, uh, they are starting a new uh, recreation mm -hmm. department. I was, I think, the first uh, employee behind, of course, the director, Greg Jordan. And, yeah. uh, and then we hired uh, the rest of the team. Uh, and I was uh, uh, there for the opening of the brand new facility. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years. I actually went back into athletics during my time there uh, to do some facility okay. work for them. Uh, then I went over to DePaul University uh, in Chicago and yeah. uh, worked there for a little bit. And um, during that time, I was also still so sort of making up my mind about what I wanted to do. And uh, I, I had this vision of uh, potentially being a dean of students uh, and my uh, graduate uh, field in higher education administration, you know, it provided me some uh, background and certainly some 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 work around that area. So um, I actually uh, returned to Eastern Michigan as a full time employee in housing. Um, I did that. Housing. Yes, sir. Uh, did that for, and then I, I became an assistant director there. I want to say I, I was maybe there three, four years and then went to the university of Michigan, still in housing, uh, as an associate director in recreation or, or sorry, no associate director in housing still. Okay. While I was there in that role, uh, I, um, I did that for about eight, nine years, I think. And then went so are mid 2000 like early 2000s right yes, before sir. 2010 yep. probably yep. okay yep uh and then went back into recreation uh and did that for i want to say maybe three years before coming here so yeah what so what a journey i mean you yes. you well first of all i'm assuming are you from california originally i am so that's the first part okay. of that journey <laughs> yeah so california boy moves out to well we'll say Midwest, although it depends, right? But Michigan area, right? And then uh, stays in that general area for the till now, right? You're you're bought in. Yeah, Cicada's and this is one of those. Area. No, and you know this is one of those things that I I actually heard. Uh, I, I think George was just on here a little while ago. George Brown, mm -hmm. Minnesota, right? Yeah. And you talked about you know maybe in a different context, but people that say, yeah, I picture myself, you know, two, three, four yeah. years, and I'll right. go back to this spot. Yeah, that was me. Uh, yeah. I thought, you know, do it, go out here, do a short uh, bid, and then, you know, return home to the West Coast. Uh, but the opportunities kept popping up here, and you know, I kind of was able to really kind of find my fit, and so here I still yeah. am. Well, that's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> so let's go back to um, University of Illinois. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about what's happening in your department today. You said you've been there, I guess, going on what seven, almost seven years, six years. Mm -hmm. What do you think makes you and your team stand out? Uh, that's a great question, Grady. I would say uh, what makes the team here stand out um, is that uh, we, uh, I think, pay attention to. Uh, the trends that are happening uh, and in recreation and wellness, and we're not uh, afraid. In fact, we're we're always excited uh, to see the different ways that we can transform our programs and services to fit what uh, students and members are asking for uh, today. So, 
uh, we were gifted, I would say, uh, by uh, Tony Clements with, you know, a 350,000 mm. square foot facility uh, mm. with lots of room for creativity uh, and transformation. And I think that uh, what makes our team stand out is we try to live into that. Um, and especially given, you know, things like the pandemic and how that changed uh, what people were looking for and what people were uh, needing, you know, in terms of their uh, recreation and wellness experience. Uh, we've been able, I think, to, to to step up to the plate in some ways and and, and try to provide that for folks. Uh, so I would definitely say that's that's one thing that makes our team stand out. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So I'm curious, what impact did um, your experience in collegiate athletics have on you during your journey and now as a director, if any? I think in terms of impact, I mean, there's quite a few things, uh, not the least of which is uh, really the assistance and the nature of the sport that I uh, did, you know, track and field is it's, it's, it's an individual within a team. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's definitely translated into, you know, my experience as a professional and that um, it really taught me uh, the importance of individual contribution to an overall effort. Right. While at the same time having a mind towards the the goal uh, of the team or or the right. role, if you will, in the larger institution. Uh, or unit. And so um, I think that those are definitely pieces of it. Uh, also, um, success and failure, right? And and how to learn, mm -hmm. I think, from both of those areas and and not to let yourself go too far on the spectrum, either in the direction of, hey, you know, let's congratulate ourselves so much that we lose sight, you know, of, of where we need to go from now, or, you know, not getting too down on ourselves that we forget that there's always, you know, a tomorrow or a next moment. And I think that those are definitely things that that helped as an athlete, uh, being a part of those experiences and, and uh, needing to navigate through those. This episode is brought to you by Campus Rec Mastermind Groups. These groups are created as a space for executive directors and directors to present questions and challenges you are faced with in your position so you can leverage the power of your peers to help you succeed. It's a leadership accountability group that provides immediate professional development based on your specific challenges as a leader. Interested in learning more? Email Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. So what have you learned about yourself in your role as director? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, quite a few things. Uh, so uh, one thing I think that I've learned about myself uh, is, you know, if, 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 if you knew more about my background, uh, I would say I started out this whole journey with a lot more uh, self-doubt. Uh, mm. Right. And, and, and in some ways uh, that never leaves you, but I think that you learn what to do with it. Uh, you learn how to use it uh, to your advantage. Uh, I think you learn how to be vulnerable. Uh, you learn how to own that vulnerability um, and then let that be an opportunity for growth and learning. And so uh, throughout my career, whether it's been in recreation or housing, I've uh, never been one that, or I've learned uh, to not be afraid to ask questions, mm -hmm. uh, right? And 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 I think that sometimes we have these assumptions uh, if we get to a certain age or a certain uh, level that we're supposed to know it all, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that I think in some cases it can feel like a weakness to say, hey, 
I'm not really sure about this and, you know, could really use some guidance or some thoughts from people. And so I think that that's something that I've learned about uh, myself, that that's uh, that it's not a weakness, that that's actually a tool uh, that can be used uh, to really help uh, provide, uh, you know, some great contributions. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, what makes you thrive now as a director or a leader? What makes me thrive? Um, I think I would say the opportunity uh, to provide those development or empowerment uh, opportunities for people, whether they be students or staff. Um, I had a meeting this morning with one of my uh, younger staff members. And, uh, you know, I, I, years ago, I, I would have never seen myself in this kind of role where somebody's coming to me and asking me for advice. Again, that's just mm. You know, kind of the person that I am, but really sitting with this person and and hearing their story and being able to, you know, find some consistencies in our experiences that really reminded me, hey, you know, there's a lot, I think, uh, that you have to offer uh, to this field. So I think there's that. Um, and I think at the core of the work that we do, right, is always this physical component. Um, and that's one that, you know, I still uh, get a thrill out of and I um, enjoy being able to be around that on a daily basis. Uh, and to help people think about how they can shape that to benefit the rest of their lives. And that really uh, helps me grow. And, you know, I'm, I'm certain that I found uh, the right industry uh, to help me continue to do that. Yeah, that's great. So, so I want to go back to what you were talking about before in terms of some of the self-doubt, um, which, you know, I don't know if you were thinking of it this way, but it kind of leads to imposter, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of directors, you, you hear it all the time. And I think it's true that, you know, being a director can be a be a lonely place. Um, there's only one of us who are serving in that role, at least within our own campus rec team. Sure, there's other directors on campus. And then we have our networks um, that we associate with. But I'm curious, do you think um, directors suffer from imposter syndrome? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to enough of them to know that, um, you know, and it's really about a lot of what you said that, you know, it's uh, remembering or realizing the level of responsibility that's entrusted to you. Um, and at times, you know, feeling a bit overwhelmed by that and, and, and not always having, I think, an outlet to, you know, or an outlet that that's in close enough proximity uh, to be able to share that experience with. And so I think that sometimes that, you know, definitely affects us. Uh, when I first took on this role, and this is a good colleague of mine, and I, I remember this uh, so distinctly, his name is Andre Love. He's at um, oh, Dr. Love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. at Ohio State now and was at Alabama then. I called him and I, I, I asked him about it and he said something to me and I don't, it just stuck with me. I said, man, what's it like, you know, being a, a director, being in that seat? And he said, it's great and it's scary at the same time. Mm. So, uh, and, you know, I think the source of that can come from a lot of different things, right? It can be based on your identity. Um, it can be based on past situations, which could be traumatic, you know, for whatever reason, um, heightened expectations or perceptions that, you know, we have on ourselves. And I think a lot of those things can create an insecurity at times. Uh, you know, we face, I would say, um, some, you know, pretty huge problems, just like a lot of people do. And and when you do and you're responsible for a number of folks or a sizable, uh, you know, budget, uh, you know, you can start to question yourself. Uh, and, and I think that that's a lot of where it, where it comes from. 
So how have you learned to manage that based on the experience that you have? I mean, you're not, you're not a rookie director anymore. And, you know, your experience, you've gone through a lot. You went through COVID, you, you left Michigan, which is a large school, but to go into the position you're in now at another large school and being the lead, um, I, I would imagine, right. Somewhere along the way, there was that doubt, but here you are today, six, seven years in, how do you manage that? Currently, yeah. Well, I got I got a, a nice little open area under my desk that I can curl up into. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I I think it goes back to uh, really um, just uh, for me anyway, uh, owning that uh, vulnerability and 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 trusting in my intention, right behind the work, uh, trusting other people. Uh, to contribute to that. So I've got a leadership team that, you know, they know how I operate now and I try to not make too many decisions in a vacuum. Uh, and a lot of that for me, and I hope this makes uh, sense, is uh, showing how uh, accessible these decisions are, right, to them um, and even to our team, right, promoting that and getting feedback on things, uh, accepting also that, hey, there might be a million different ways to do this thing. And this is the, you know, the choice and the reasons why we're doing it the way that we are. But I think it's, it's accepting that and, and, and knowing that there's not one perfect answer, you know, for every situation. So I think that those are definitely helpful uh, aspects of it. And then for me, um, I still rely on that network. I can't, yeah. you know, I, I just can't speak enough about the network of people that I get to have around me in this field that, I mean, you know, I was talking about uh, George Brown. I just, I think I, I think it was yesterday. I just talked to him yesterday and, you yeah. know, I could text these people and say, Hey, I got a silly question for you. And Hey, they're mm -hmm. willing to spend 10, 15, whatever minutes with me. You stand shingles, another one, you know? And so um, really, I think, uh, surrounding yourself with people uh, that can also share their walk of life and 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 have those same kind of commonalities, you know, that you do, and you know, really using our association. I haven't uh, had a chance to do uh, the retreat yet, but you know, I know that oh, there's the summit, yeah. yeah, summit. Sorry, where you yeah. get to you know be with other people yeah. that do what we do um, and get to talk through those things. And sometimes we need that familiarity, right? Uh, to say, man, I'm, I'm I'm not on this island, you know, by myself. And, you know, to think through some different strategies. Uh, my key word here is benchmarking, right? And uh, at its best, right, it's really doing a lot of those analysis of different institutions, finding out what they're doing and assessing if it's right for you. At its very least, it's using a cheat code, right? <laughs> Calling up and mm -hmm. saying, what's this school doing? You know, is there a reason why we couldn't do it that same way? And so, I would say uh, any combination of those things are really what kind of helped to get me through. That's awesome. Great advice. So uh, my last question for you is if you, if you could go back to young Marcus Jackson at Cal Berkeley, knowing what you know now, what would you tell him? Uh, I would tell young Marcus Jackson to have confidence, I would tell him, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the world has some challenges, uh, but uh, it doesn't take as much of this contrived preparation, you know, that you might think. And that's not to say, again, that we just go into anything without thinking about that. But 
You know, right. I always tried to calculate every move that I did and think, man, is this something that I'm ready? And I think that sometimes I let that doubt hold me back. Um, mm. but even, you know, um, just trusting those experiences, uh, you know, again, think about everything with intention, uh, right? What do you want to get out of it? What do you want the end result to be? Uh, think out what those steps are that are going to get you there, you know, and I think when you vet things that way, uh, you're bound to come through a lot more uh, confident and be able to sleep at night. And, you know, sometimes that's what the role is about. Again, I, I can't predict what will happen tomorrow, right, with the decisions that I make today. But if I think about why why am I making them, right, before I make them, um, and then do I trust that at the end of the day, if I'm asked, I can say to someone, you know, my intention was was to help people uh, or, you know, to help this thing move along. Um, I think I can be comfortable with that. And I, I tell that young guy that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm not going to lie. Part of me was hoping you were going to say, eat the cicada, but that's okay. I'm not eating the cicada. <laughs> I would tell that young <laughs> I would tell him what they were now so he wasn't freaked out. But I would not tell him to put <laughs> one in his mouth. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Marcus, it, that has been that's great advice. Um, I, I appreciate your authenticity and opening up to us on um, your journey and what you felt along the way, what you've experienced and speaking to imposter syndrome, because I think that's something that we as directors um, hide a little bit because we don't want to admit the vulnerability. And like you said, I think that's the first thing is just accepting that, that, yeah, it, we, we need to be vulnerable and we need to be open and discussing and, talking to it with your network. You have a great network. I mean, there's some strong people um, with the schools that you're associated with. So that's awesome for you and anybody else that that's listening and, you know, if you're feeling that way, um, don't, don't hide behind it because we've all been there and we all experience and it doesn't matter how much experience we have, how tenured we are, something's going to pop up. That's going to make us question and self doubt. And someone is always there to talk to and listen to. And if I can, I would add, and there are people out there, you know, who, whoever you are, there are people out there, I promise, who would talk to you and who would want to help you through that. There are people Absolutely. who want to have, I've had countless chats at, you know, conferences sometimes where I'm just sitting in a seat somewhere with somebody and just venting to them. And there's people out there that, you know, they, 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 they're, they're thinking about you. And even if they don't know you, sometimes you're just thinking about that young professional or, even the seasoned professional who's just feeling like, man, I'm just not sure anymore. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, Marcus, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. I wish you all the best in what's happening at Illinois. It sounds like there's some good things going on there. And I look forward to seeing you at the next year's summit. Hopefully you'll be there. Yeah, hopefully so. Thank you, Grady. <laughs>